Welcome to Punditocracy, Lawrence.com's politics and culture talk show, where we applaud the Republicans' recent efforts to protect the institution of marriage. The sacred union of one man and one woman is under siege from an insidious new threat, and the federal government must intervene. This heinous assault on one of our civilization's most sacred institutions must be stopped. That is why we here at Punditocracy have decided to support President Bush in his efforts to amend the Constitution so that we, as a nation, might fend off this depraved and perverted menace. Yes, we feel that a constitutional ban on Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn's The Breakup is the only way to stop this amoral and sinister film. Some may call this measure extreme. They may call it a crass political exercise which seeks to trample states' rights and enshrine bigotry into the Constitution of the United States. To those conscientious objectors, we say, Shut up, faggot! I mean, it's not like we're calling for a constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. That would be idiotic. In the face of Iraqi massacres, a crippled economy and corruption run rampant, the Republican-run Congress wasting time on a futile hate amendment with no chance of passing wouldn't just be shameful, it would be totally gay. But the Republicans couldn't be that stupid. No, I think that our collective energies will be better spent trying to eradicate Hollywood dramedies depicting the dissolution of relationships. Not because I think they set a bad example regarding fidelity, but because they're shitty movies. Although bad Vince Vaughn movies are just as likely to wreck homes as a couple of dudes kissing each other on an altar. Well, if you consider the Psycho remake, Vince Vaughn may be more of a corrosive element on our society. We'll leave that to the scholars. But speaking of beer-bloated miscreants, reporting from Dallas, I'm Gavin, and back in Lawrence... A gaping maw of nothingness. Yes, due to a tragic choice of timeshare condos in Bakuba, just down the street from Abu Musab al-Zarqawi's bachelor pad, any surviving pundits are currently buried in smoldering rubble. I only escaped the same fate because I was busy interviewing to become Britney Spears' new Manny. People laugh. But, uh... But wiping Kevin Federline's ass is a full-time position. So, uh, as I was preoccupied with K-Fed's poo-poo-zow, I was unable to warn my colleagues that their, quote, secluded, sun-drenched bungalow near the Mediterranean, unquote, was, in fact, an Iraqi terrorist safe house. I keep telling those guys to read the fine print. But you can... Send your condolences to poundingthepundit at yahoo.com and I'll be posting suspiciously clean post-mortem photos of my fallen brethren on www.punditocracy.net. Yeah, speaking of, uh, isn't it a little strange how tranquil and intact <laughs> Zarqawi looked after having two missiles dropped on his head? I, either way, he was a despicable cocksucker, and I'm glad he's dead. I hope that the 72 virgins he's been promised in heaven all look like James Gandolfini in an I Dream of Genie outfit. Um, and on top of that, I, I hope they're all 
how shall I say it, reclaimed virgins. So that it's like throwing a kebab down a hall of martyrs, if you know what I mean. Not so much traction anymore. Um, but it's funny. In actuality, there was a study done about a year ago which retranslated the Quran into Saraic to try to clear up the vagaries of the Arabic version. And instead of 72 virgins, it came out as 72 raisins. So I'd like to imagine that Al-Zarqawi is in the afterlife right now, holding a tiny box of sun-made raisins, with a look on his face similar to that of a child who gets a lump of coal for Christmas, his bottom lip jutting out and quivering. I tortured and beheaded and blew up countless infidels for this? Ah, fuck it. Then drops his pants and proceeds to meticulously inseminate each and every piece of dried fruit for the rest of eternity. Fitting, seeing as how his genitals closely resemble, in size and texture, three gnarled and wrinkly mold-covered raisins. Of course, this is all assuming that he gets into heaven. More than likely, he'll end up in hell as the goat meat in a Bill O'Reilly and Coulter Euro sandwich with Glenn Beck providing the cucumber sauce. O'Reilly will, of course, also be tossing Zarqawi's tabbouleh salad while rubbing his big boobs with a falafel. And every time Ann Coulter reaches a climax, she'll scream about how much the widows of Zarqawi's victims enjoyed watching their husbands' heads being lopped off and then impale him on her Adam's apple. Sigh. In a perfect world beyond the veil. So, uh, we've established that Zarqawi was a waste of a human being who deserved to die. But what are the practical ramifications of his death on the ground in Iraq? Frankly, next to nothing. He was increasingly being marginalized both by the insurgency and by Al-Qaeda at large, which, by the way, uh, despite what the Bush administration might have you believe, are two very different organizations that Zarqawi managed to piss off with his grandstanding and alienating tactics. We're not the only ones, uh, as the occupying force in Iraq, happy that he's pushing up poppies. So are Osama bin Laden and the sectarian militants were fighting. Zarqawi was a prima donna trying to hog the spotlight in Iraq. He, uh, he caused a severe rift in the insurgency by targeting Iraqi civilians and turning public opinion in Iraq against the insurgents. And he was in the midst of a very public um, tiff with bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawahiri for improperly taking the mantle of al-Qaeda in Iraq when he was just a poser from Jordan. Nobody liked the guy. He was just a nut looking for attention kind of like the Islamic jihadist version of Fred Phelps. Even his crazy fundamentalist peers didn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, if anything, Zarqawi's death will streamline the insurgency now that his uh, infighting-inducing presence is on ice. Also, his removal might engender more sympathy for the insurgency amongst Iraqis, making our job even harder. In other words, Zarqawi's death is yet another turned corner in Iraq 
that leads to a cul-de-sac. Remember when Saddam was caught? Remember when his sons were killed? Uday and Kusei? <laughs> Remember when Iraqis voted for an interim government? Remember when that interim government wrote a constitution? Remember when Iraqis voted for another government? Yeah, adds our Kawi's death to the endless roundabout of turned corners. It changes the media narrative away from the massacre at Haditha for a while, but ultimately doesn't even warrant another mission accomplished banner. Yeah, and for those who haven't really been paying attention in the past, it's a story that was gaining a lot of momentum but then got buried by uh, Zarqawi's death. This uh, incident in Haditha, it's uh, nauseating and stomach-turning if you've heard about it. A, uh, a, a squadron of Marines, after encountering an uh, improvised explosive device and having one of their uh, uh, mates killed in the explosion proceeded to go on a house-by-house -house sweep in the village of Haditha, killing 24 men, women, and children, uh, some of the men elderly and praying in wheelchairs, uh, the women uh, executed while trying to shield their children, their shielded children then executed. Um, it's a terrible, horrible, Milai-style um, massacre in Iraq. Nothing quite on the scale of Milai in Vietnam, but uh, still one of those grim milestones that you reach in a quagmire, uh, sort of hopeless ongoing military endeavor. And um, what might even be worse than the, uh, um, the massacre itself is uh, the fact that the, at least from the point of view of uh, public relations, and the perception is that the military attempted to cover it up immediately after it happened. They rounded up all the bodies, which were riddled with bullet holes, and then dropped them off unceremoniously in the uh, uh, Baghdad morgue, and then tried to claim that they were all killed by falling debris from a roadside bomb. Um, yeah. So again... Uh, another unfortunate event in a whole long series of unfortunate events in Iraq. Uh, the Haditha killings, uh, I think, will be seen as, yes, a turning point, but not the sort of turning point that uh, the administration, the military, would like to see on public record. But we'll see exactly how far the investigations in the Senate and in the Department of Defense go, and if anyone will be held accountable. <coughs> Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that the massacre in Haditha will be the excuse that Bush is looking for to sack Rumsfeld and hopefully put a new face on the Iraqi conflict, or even better yet, uh, use that as an opportunity to start pulling down troop levels in Iraq. Time will tell. Time will tell. But yeah, <laughs> nothing but cheery news coming out of Iraq this week. Um, but in that spirit, and since I am by myself, and we're doing a truncated version of punditocracy, let's just skip right to things that don't suck. And uh, usually in things that don't suck... Uh, our, our regular award-winning segment. Uh, we 
since we've spent most of the hour, or in this case, half hour, recanting, uh, recounting uh, the the day's horrible <laughs> events in the world, uh, the hypocrisy and the warmongering and all the other bits of news that are uh, fit to wretch, uh, we saved the last few minutes of the program for things that do not make us want to toss our cookies. And usually these things fall along the lines of uh, pop culture flotsam. Movies that we like, CDs that we like, bands that we like, so on. But uh, this time, in something that doesn't suck, here's something that actually doesn't suck and that might help to improve society, uh, much like this show. Yeah, uh, this week's thing that doesn't suck, the FDA recently approved a vaccine preventing cervical cancer. So huzzah. Congrats to the FDA for actually approving a drug that will benefit women's health, unlike uh, some other pills that they've been holding up indefinitely for no good legal reason. But yes, uh, a new vaccine to help prevent the uh, papillomavirus, which causes uh, cervical cancer. Uh, However, (laughs) since this is a women's reproductive issue... I'm already <clears throat> excuse me, already anticipating a push by congressional Republicans to outlaw the vaccine uh, since it eliminates clumps of cells in a woman's uterus. Uh, the culture of life does not distinguish between a cancerous lesion on a woman's cervix and a cluster of stem cells which have absolutely no chance of becoming a fetus. Cervical cancer is a cherished form of potential life that could lead to a Christian army of tumor babies, a fantastical new breed of soldier with healing factors spawned by their cancerous superpowers. Who weeps for the unborn, mutated, superpowered tumor baby? Who weeps? We must prevent this holocaust from occurring. And in fact, there... There already is a, a debate going on because the uh, the papilloma virus is a sexually transmitted disease, and the obvious thing to do would be to make vaccination mandatory. You know, it can't hurt. However, uh, it's already being debated as uh, a license for promiscuous behavior. Well, if they have this vaccine against an STD, that means they're going to be having all sorts of unprotected premarital sex. And uh, to all of the people who are spouting this argument, I hope you get weeping sores all over your genitals. Please, God, shut the fuck up. (laughs) But, but, yeah, yeah. Politics aside, it's a good thing, no matter how it eventually gets uh, dispensed and distributed uh, to the female population. Uh, Huzzah to the scientific community. Uh, Suck on that, Christian scientists and Scientologists, for saying that uh, uh, science and medicine have produced nothing of note ever to ever benefit humanity and civilization. Uh, Yeah, eat it. Eat, <laughs> eat the new vaccine preventing the human papilloma virus. Eat it. It might save your life. Uh, but on to what is traditionally 
something that doesn't suck, i.e. pop culture related nonsense. The Onion AV Club, which is uh, frequently a ray of light in an otherwise gloomy (laughs) online media world, uh, recently came out with their list of the 13 most memorably unpopular characters from popular TV. It's uh, indispensable, invaluable, and dead on. Uh, the list ranges from the number one most annoying character in television history, Scrappy-Doo from Scooby-Doo. Uh, that's obvious. Other obvious uh, rankings, Oliver from the Brady Bunch, uh, Barney, it's a gimme, Urkel. Kinda, it's, it does get kind of obvious, but it is. it does have to be uh, compiled and set down for record. Pikachu, also not very controversial. Where they do start skirting controversy and where they will more than likely be uh, uh, invoking the ire and wrath of the nerd community. Number three on the list, Don Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, For those unfamiliar with the show, it has a rabid and fanatical following and they do not cotton to any ill speak of their beloved Joss Whedon child. But uh, I do agree with the Onion AV Club. Don Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Michelle Trachtenberg could be one of the most annoying characters and uh, most annoying portrayals in television history. Other potentially controversial picks. Livia Soprano from The Sopranos. Tony's mom, uh, who's only on the first season. The actress who played her actually died halfway through filming the second season, I believe. But um, yes, that one... Uh, the Sopranos has their own breed of nerd. These sort of entourage watching, maxim reading, macho nerd. They, I don't know, they might not take that lying down. Here's one that uh, is not such an obvious choice, but uh, I do wholeheartedly endorse, endorse Ross Geller from Friends, David Schwimmer. And if you think about it, the entire cast of Friends and the entire character lineup of friends really annoying people so I applaud the Onion's balls in uh, tackling uh, such revered pop culture icons (laughs) Brenda Walsh, Beverly Hills 90210, James Hurley from Twin Peaks, dig him back and this one's good, Coy and Vance from the Dukes of Hazzard, as they call them scab characters very good. And number 13, arguably should be higher on the list because this is universal, Wesley Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. I have no quibbles with the list. The only thing uh, that I might have argued is that they could have expanded it to 14 and uh, keeping in line with uh, the choice of Olivia Soprano from The Sopranos and keeping uh, in the theme of HBO series. I would nominate every single character that was ever on Six Feet Under. All of those people annoyed the hell out of me. I think they were supposed to annoy the hell out of me, but nonetheless, they got under my skin in a way that's really hard to describe. They're all petulant, whiny, self-absorbed characters. And again, I think that was the intent of the creator uh, of Six Feet Under. They keep sort of a Brechtian distance with the characters so that you don't like them and you just sort of uh, laugh at their plight. Uh, regardless, uh, I hated all those people. They're fine actors, 
every one of them on that show, but those characters were just despicable people. But yes, if you have any more suggestions, I'm sure that the Onion AV Club, already inundated with uh, angry fanboy mail, uh, would love to hear from you. So yeah, just visit theonion.com, uh, go to the AV Club, and drop a line. But uh, I do applaud the Onion. The list, the inventory of 13 memorably unpopular characters from popular TV does get the punditocracy seal of not sucking approval. And, well, you know, I think we've actually run to the end. We've, uh, I've, <laughs> I've started developing, uh, I believe, human papillomasaurs on my, uh, my larynx from talking uninterrupted for so long. So, uh, again, thank you for bearing with me on this solo expedition of punditocracy. Uh, hearts go out. Uh, to the families of my co-pundits as they struggle to unearth themselves from the pile of smoldering bricks in Bakuba, Iraq. Eh, I'm sure they'll be fine. They can just go to uh, the free clinic. You know what? Iraq, I'm sure, probably has uh, universal health care. They can can spread uh, health care and socialized medicine in Iraq. They're not doing so well with the democracy, but... You know, uh, maybe we could have some of that here. Just a thought. But you have been listening to Punditocracy. I have been Gavin. And I have been annoying the hell out of you all by my lonesome. Thank you for listening. Again, you can drop a line at poundingthepundit at yahoo.com or you can visit our website, www.punditocracy.net, where you can see our call to arms. I wish I could take credit for it, but. Uh, 6606 recently passed and uh, while it was the day of the beast and also the day of the beastly omen remake which by all accounts was a huge steaming turd 6606 was also declared on the internet national beat up and emo kid day and uh, I just like to say that every day is beat and emo kid day so do your part Uh, you can visit the website for more information. But again, thank you for listening. This has been Gavin. This has been Punditocracy. Bye-bye.
just hand it this way. Don't even need a drink of water to make the headache go away. Give me a sugar pill and watch me just rattle down the street. <laughs> 